This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Film on Tap. And this is a special episode of Film on Tap, not just because it's another new episode, but because this time it is our 50th. That is right. This is our 50th episode of the show. These two have dealt with me for 50 50 <laughs> episodes. I have dealt with both of you for 50 episodes. Exactly. I think we've all just had to deal with each other for 50 episodes. <laughs> yeah. I think Nancy got off a, a little better off on this because there was that one, there was the Top Gun episode where she only had to deal with us halfway because, yeah. because of COVID. Listen, that is commitment to the show. I had COVID, went and saw it in a drive through theater and still made the show. That's commitment. <laughs> That's commitment. That's brass, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't infect anyone. Go me. There you yeah. go. It's a win-win for everybody. I think, but, I think we all had COVID around the same time. <laughs> I think you two did. Yeah, Tom missed out on it. I dodged. I dodged, baby. Yeah. I dodged. <laughs> you, but like, 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 we all laughed, but the thing is, Tom literally dodged it. No, I literally we, dodged we, it. We, yeah. we were literally with you. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was absolutely wild. I was around you guys and somehow did not get it. We but, can thank Craig for that. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> yeah, our 50th episode, and we're already talking about stuff that is already going to get us blocked on YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, right. But before we started today's episode, I did want to have like a little special drink with you guys, just because it is our 50th episode. We're all drinking a little something. I got some whiskey in this glass here. Andre, have you review, like revealed what you're drinking? Yeah, what are you yet? drinking? I am drinking a cocktail of Crystal Light with two shots a of, um, of Crystal Light. Oh, yeah. What the hell? Are you this in is, college? Jesus oh, Christ! <laughs> this is a cocktail of like um. Wait, Crystal uh, Light green, and what? Green, green tea, mango, Crystal Light, which is my favorite one out of the bunch, and it's with two shots of tequila as well, and it's delicious. That oh sounds awful. Yeah, awful. Reminds me you of guys like, need to broaden your horizons, guys. Oh, I don't know. My college. horizons are pretty broad, but I feel like there's a limit. And I think what you just said is the limit. Yeah. That definitely reminds me of college when I would just mix vodka with anything. Like vodka and Gatorade was my go-to drink. Yeah. That's a typical oh college God. concoction. Yeah. Mine is yeah. way better. What do you I, got? Well, okay. I was going to try and take a shot of tequila, but then I couldn't get the stupid bottle open. Mm. I I'm just gonna say Jin Dwayne closed it too tight, I think. So yes. now I have <laughs> So now that bottle is dead. Yeah, now I can't It's gone it. now. But now I have uh whipped cream vodka, Malibu, and pineapple. And it is amazing. Ooh, see that actually sounds decent. Andres, take notes. <laughs> it's amazing. Try it. I know what I like. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think well, what you I like feel- is alcohol. What do you have in Tom? You want to stand on your high horse here. Well, clearly you weren't listening to anything I said. Because <laughs> I literally just said I got some whiskey here. Some Four oh, Roses whiskey. J- just whiskey. Oh, okay. All right, all right. I, I, thought, I, I, thought, I thought you were going to say what it, whatever it is that you mixed with it, but I didn't know you were having nah, it straight I'm up. I'm a man. I drink so. it on the rocks. Yeah. And me and Tom have our backup shit. beer. I have my backup beer. Yes, we Ready both have our backup beer because, you know, liquor can be finite in a glass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I figured what we would do, we'd just go around real quickly, just kind of like, you know, just talking about our experience with these 50 episodes, anything we want to say, and then just have a nice little cheers at the end, if that sounds good to you guys. Oh, okay. 
try not to drink my drink until that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst at that when people are cheersing. I'm like, uh-huh, hold on. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just okay, do the, the meet the Fockers thing where they're like, backwash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but which one of you would like to go first? I'll go first because okay. I'm going to ramble. <laughs> oh, that, that is true. That is very true. No, we, I let him go last. Uh, no, it's been great. I think for me, the show has definitely helped out when I've had those times where I'm struggling with mental health stuff and it gets me out of the house and it puts me to a schedule and a commitment. And, you know, it's been really fun talking about movies and be able to actually do this with you guys and have fun with it and at times get drunky pants and <laughs> talk about Naturally. stupid stupid shit so it's been great i love it love to hear that all right andres we can wind up now <laughs> all right it's been good yeah okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no no seriously like you know it's always great talking movies and it's always great talking movies with people that you feel um a certain kinship with and like Honestly, this has just been fun, like, you know, every every other week and stuff like that. Like, you know, keep in mind, like, as you know, th there's certainly been some ups and downs here and there, but never anything that feels, you know, um, beyond be, be, beyond 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 what a healthy friendship would always do. So, you know, j just to kind of peek a little bit behind the curtain and stuff like that, like, you know. You know, it, it truly, it truly ebbed and flowed, and I think this. I think it's only made us better in the end, and I think it's only gotten us closer as friends together. So, that's something that I think not a lot of podcasts will ever bring up because every podcast is like, "Oh, hey, we all always get together along every time." But it, you know, but like a true friendship, I think, you know, you, you there has to be an ebb and flow to it, and I think we've only gotten closer in these fifty episodes, and then also. You know, whenever we agree on something, it's fantastic. But then whenever we don't agree on something, it's equally as fantastic. And it makes for great content as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah no, Andres, you, you're like, we don't always love each other, okay? Don't mm -hmm. be fooled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying it feels more like a family, more in we're, a friendship at points. We're a good all right? collaborative team, I feel like. Yes. We make mm -hmm. it fair. And that's what I love about doing the show is that. You know, we try to make it as fair as possible in terms of what we want to talk about and all that. Mm -hmm. I do feel like it's, you know, it's a very, you know, satisfying collaborative effort. I feel like when you start any podcast, um, there's always a part of your mind that's like, is this going to last? Are we all going to be as committed as I think we're going to be? Is it going to fade yeah. over time? Because that happens with a lot of podcasts where people are just like, yeah, I don't think I have enough time to do this or maybe – I don't really have the, des the desire to commit to this as much as they want me to. But I feel like each of us has really wanted to do this show. And even when there's been issues, we all talk it out and work it out because we care about each other and the show, but more importantly about each other. But it's just been so much fun that, I mean, it's crazy to think we've done 50 of these now, which is <laughs> insane to think about that. Like we've done 50 of these episodes. I think we're like, I don't know. Did, I don't know. I feel like we might've hit our like two year anniversary or maybe it's coming up. Um, yeah. I feel like we started around this time a couple years ago. I think it was like in October we started. Yeah, we did. That does sound right. So I have to like look it up when I posted the first episode, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, but regardless, <laughs> I wanted to raise a glass to you guys um, just because this show wouldn't be nearly as fun with both of you. Um, and I think that this has been such a 
fun, satisfying experience where I, I honestly look forward to doing this every couple of weeks. There we go. Wouldn't it be a cheers without a motorcycle <laughs> gang in the background. Motorcycle. Cheers to the motorcycle gang. Um, <laughs> cheers to the motorcycle gang that makes an appearance in every episode. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to the show. It's been a blast doing this. Here's to 50 more and 50 more beyond that. Love you guys. Cheers. Happy 50. Cheers. Clink. Clink. Mm. I'm ah. here. I'm almost about to finish my drink. <laughs> Mom, that's a you problem. <laughs> came prepared with your backup beer. Exactly. Mm. You got to be prepared. Um, but yeah, so now we're going to jump into today's show. It's very weird to jump into today's show. That's a tough fucking sentence to say. Yep. Jesus. Mm. Um, but we got some fun trailers to talk about. We've got a couple fun movies to talk about. Um, so we're going to dive right in. The first trailer we're going to be talking about is the new full-length trailer for Wonka, which is Warner Brothers' big movie coming to theaters this December, starring Timothy Chalamet. And it tells the origin story of Willy Wonka or how Willy became Wonka. We got like a teaser trailer uh, maybe a month or two back that gave us our first look at the movie. But now we have a more intimate look at the movie. Plenty of new footage here. Let's talk about it. What do we think about this movie? Does this trailer make you a little bit more excited than the last one? We'll start with you, Nancy. Uh, I feel like the trailer makes me want to watch this movie less. I don't. It mm. just doesn't look appealing to me. I think at best it's going to be a good kids movie. One of the things I loved about the original Willy Wonka with Gene um, uh, Wilder was that he had this very subtle, creepy zaniness to him. It wasn't always over the top. Um, and the choice in the beginning of him to fall, you know, when he comes out with his cane is, you know, I was reading that he wanted everyone to basically never trust Willy Wonka. Like you never know what he's, what he's saying or doing is the truth. And there was just such a like good subtleness to it that I loved. Whereas Timothy Chalamet's Wonka, I feel is like the complete opposite, where it's over the top, very zany all the time. And Hugh Grant as Oompa Loompa, I just can't fucking get over. Like I'm actually I, in for just, that. <laughs> uh, I, it's just I don't know. I don't know. There's just something it's about too, it. I mean, I'm in this Hugh Grant Renaissance, and I'm loving every bit of it. Sure, fucking make him a Oompa Loompa. Let's go. <laughs> Grant, that's a disappointing thing. It just feels like it's going to be very annoying humor with the Oompa Loompa. And are we just going to get one Oompa Loompa? That's not going to make any sense. I don't like it. I need more Oompa Loompas. Maybe they're hiding the other Oompa Loompas. Did you ever think about that? We sh- I did think about that. We shall see that. I'm not excited. <laughs> this You're not excited. Not, Got it. This did not make me more excited for the movie. All right. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Andres, how about you? I will say this trailer actually made me a little more excited for the movie. Wow, actually. look at that. Difference but, of but, opinion. But the other <laughs> thing too is but the other thing too is that when you look at some of the trailers for the director's previous work, like freaking uh, Paddington, that was a that was a terrible trailer. It was an absolutely terrible trailer, and then the movie turned out to be really great. You know, it's it's tough when you have to market a movie like this, especially for one that's playing on the nostalgia factor of Ronald Dahl's like novels and all that other stuff. Did it's, you say Ronald Dahl? It's Ronald Dahl. Yeah, Ronald Dahl. Uh, Who's Ronald Dahl? It wouldn't Dahl. be a Ronald film on tap Dahl. episode if we didn't have to correct him mm-hmm. on some pronunciation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I didn't have to correct you on some movie release date. Exactly. <laughs> Look, it's a give and take, bud. Yeah, there we go. Ronald and someone Dahl. has already taken all my drink right here. So no, I wonder fantastic. who that was. <laughs> but yeah, but um, it's it's going to be this movie already has a very weird mountain to climb in terms of the expectation game. And I think 
so far from everything I've seen, sort of the wackiness and the zaniness, I'm kind of for it. And then there's certain moments in the movie where like anytime Sally Hawkins appears in the trailer as Wonka's mom, that's one of those things where I'm like, that's going to be the emotional core of the movie. And that literally, actually literally was about to touch on that. Cause I was like, that is what I want to see. Cause I feel yeah. like whenever in both of these trailers, sorry to cut you off, but like, I was like, he said the oh, thing I wanted to say, unless you cut me off. Yeah, right? I, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, in both of these trailers, I think like that moment where like he sees his mom and he like starts to tear up and everything. I'm like, okay, I'm in for that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I like yeah. that emotional I undercurrent. I like get that. that. That's the problem. I, I don't feel know. Like I don't know. I feel like it's hard to say that just watching a trailer, you know, they're just showing you like a brief glimpse. There could be something like really nice and emotional in the movie. I'm hoping he's so. obviously dead. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that goes without yeah. saying, which is yeah. why he's tearing up because, you know, he's like basically becoming the man that he feels like she always wanted him to be. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm in for that aspect. But anyway, go on. I was like, I just thought it was funny. You brought up the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like, like that's that's probably the the big thing I'm looking forward to in the movie at least because if there's one thing that will get an audience to come by and see a movie again and again and again is if you truly feel something for the character or if you have something that's worthwhile or something that's worth of the spectacle, especially during Christmas. So I'm I, I'm definitely for it. I'm still a little mixed on Hugh Grant's Oompa Loompa, although 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 um. Although in this one, it was a little more, it was, I don't know, it felt a little more smoother, I guess, but it was still just kind of like, I have, this is kind of like the only shaky thing for the movie for me, like exactly how are they going to play with that humor or how are they going to play with that, that, that dynamic between Wonka and the Oompa Loompa? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things where, you know, that, that little tag at the end of the trailer where you just like, all right, you said, huh, what is huh? Nothing. All right, I'm going back to sleep. And then he does, huh, uh, again. See, <laughs> like, I hate that humor. I don't know. Oh, I kind of like it. Uh, I, I, that, I, was, I was on board with it. I was yeah. on board with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's that's going to be a really fun episode when we inevitably review that one. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like this trailer is definitely a little bit better than the first trailer in terms of kind of like giving the tone and vibe of the movie where it looks a little bit more fun. The visuals look, you know... Um, pretty solid um it almost feels like this hybrid of like willy wonka and like harry potter in a way like you know when he's demonstrating his like chocolate or tricks or whatever it feels very like harry potter-esque um or, or, or even the wonka wash thing where we're like yeah he's like, wah, 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 wonka wash yeah. i'm like what the f- oh my god yeah i don't know um but like i'm interested to see what chalamet does with this character i do really like him as an actor and i feel like he has the charm to pull this off and i'm, I'm i am hoping because it's very hard to it's like you want to make your own original version of this character especially with him as a younger man but then i would love to see him kind of like connect his performance to like say gene wilder's in a way where like you understand how he became that guy if that makes sense where it feels like there's like some connective tissue but because if it's just going to be a very different performance and it's not going to really connect to who that man is that might not fully work for me um but in terms of just like a fun family film vibe. I'm getting that. And I think like come Christmas time, I think it'll be a nice wholesome watch. Um, I know this is a hot take, but I don't really care for the Paddington movies. So they're good. That's oh, fine. Wow. Okay. Wow. I was nervous to say that. Okay. Yeah, great. I know. I know everyone's like very <laughs> they're like, like, they're like over the moon. Paddington? They're over yeah. the moon about these movies. And I it just think they're really very okay. Yeah. They're, 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 they're very like, like 
the first one is very charming, shockingly. I think I think that's what the expectation game is playing with that. Because again, you walk into that movie seeing those awful trailers, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, that movie actually was good, and Paddington himself did not seem as creepy or as off-putting as he was in the trailers. And then and then, you know, when the second one comes out, people are like, Oh, they're just cashing in on on the success of the original. And there are people that are even arguing that two is better than the original as well. Like that's, that's the case for those movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like I had like the opposite thing happen where you went in with super low expectations, but then I went in with super high expectations because Mm -hmm. people were like saying these two movies are masterpieces, especially the second movie. And I was like, okay, let's give them a whirl (laughs) finally. And I would, I just ended up like walking away from both thinking those are just very okay movies. I I don't get the hype, but all right, you do you. So I know that's a big selling point for this movie, you know, from the director of Paddington. And for me, I'm like, that doesn't really do much for me, bud. <laughs> just, <laughs> just don't tell that to Pedro Pascal in uh, yeah, I know. Oh and, my God. And unbearable what the weight. Hell is, unbearable <laughs> weight mess telling. God, I hate that title. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. But the movie's fun. Um yeah. But yeah, I, I'm I'm like definitely cautiously optimistic for this one, but I feel like there's not a ton of big releases in December aside from like this and like Aquaman. So we'll see what's happening with this one. Hopefully it turns out to be a fun movie. There's potential, but there's also potential for it to be kind of eh or even terrible, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but moving on now to a new A24 film. They just released the trailer for The Iron Claw, which stars Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White from The Bear. Um, and it tells the story of this like wrestling family um back in i don't i forget what decade it was i it was the 80s 80s okay gotcha and just kind of shows their whole dynamic and their kind of rise to fame and whatnot um and this was a movie that i had like heard things about and i saw like weird production stills where i was like what are these wigs that these guys are wearing holy shit what is this movie um but i'm happy to report that i think this is a really solid trailer that i think a24 has a winner on their hands here and this looks like one of zach efron's better performances so i'm looking forward to this one i'm curious to see what you guys think yes as as a Uh, nicely done guys i was like let's see them handle this (laughs) yeah Yeah. um yeah no as a wrestling fan i would say this looks very interesting in terms of dealing with the dynamic of of you know when when one wrestler is being trained alongside the other one as a tag team and then you know one of them wants to move on and not yeah. become the tag team and just n- nothing really delves into into that dynamic as much as like you know something i can think of even in old school wrestling is like the relationship between Shawn Michaels and his tag partner in terms of just how he wanted to become you know bigger and we've never seen that portrayed in a film it's always just a very flat like one dude against the whole rest of the world and to sort of bring that element in where there's two protagonists might it, it, it will be it, i think it will be an interesting take on this because it just reminds me of like stuff they did they, that they did with um 2011's warrior with tom hardy and joel edgerton so so far i'm on board with the story uh zach efron looks very very uh appropriate for a wrestler and also jer jeremy jeremy allen white like i had no idea he was in this and then all of a sudden he's like oh he he went from the bear to doing this and then he went back to doing the bear and i'm like oh my god like yeah no like the the dude looks the dude looks physically imposing in this and that's 
that that that's a that's a really strong suit. And again, I'm going to say it again. Jeremy Allen White is my pick for Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy. So there you go. <laughs> oh, you think he's going to get tapped? Huh? Another young I'm, Lex Luthor. I'm, that's that's my that's my little that's my little. If if I had to pick one, it would be that guy. And I already got it right with David Corn Sweat. So. I'm hoping I think I'm you're feeling a little cocky, it. but but like honestly <laughs> though, okay, we'll say this right now. If Jeremy Allen White gets cast as Lex Luthor, I will do two shots for you. <laughs> <laughs> you will have to do two shots yeah. on camera. Yeah, on camera. On camera. On the of, of course. I wouldn't propose this if it wasn't gonna be on camera for an episode. I will start the episode by doing two shots, but we'll see. But if I'm but if I'm correct in that it's not him, you have to do two shots. Oh yeah, that's it's a theory. I mean, so fair. yeah, I'll, I'll do two shots. All well. right, there you go. That's a gentleman's not? agreement. All right. <laughs> All right, all right. You better hope that SAG strike ends soon. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh god, I because I, I know they they want to announce the Fantastic Forecast, but they have to wait till the SAG strike ends. I'm yeah. I'm I'm completely done with Fantastic Four. Great, every, Nancy. Every, every, what did you think of the strike? <laughs> We don't have time for all that. We don't have time for your opinions on the Fantastic Four. <laughs> we'll be here all day. Um, no, I'm super excited for this movie. Everyone looks great in it. Uh, you know, I had seen the uh, pictures of Zac Efron for a while now. And uh, I don't know why I thought he was playing like Lou Ferrigno or something in like some movie. I was way off. Um, but no, this looks great. I got into wrestling probably around 2000. 16 so not a very long fan but you know decent enough uh so i'm looking forward to another great wrestling movie fighting with my family was just fantastic and i love you know i really do love the stories behind wrestling families because it, it really is like this legacy that they're trying to uphold um so it i and as you guys know, I love any movie that's based on a true story. So this has Do all I know of the, I, you know how many times <laughs> I've said on the show, I will watch any movie based on a true story. Really? I do like, not recall that at oh, all. Yeah. I, I do recall that. Time. I forget for which movie it was. Oh, um, Gran all Turismo. Movies, Gran Turismo. Yeah. We, we talked about that one. <laughs> I ended up right. watching the fucking Tetris movie because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. All the movies, yeah. So no, this looks great. I'm looking forward to this one. Nice, yeah. I, uh, I, I really do. I love the family dynamic that's on display. Very warrior esque, I think, especially with like the relationship with the dad, who's like, you know, you're my favorite now, but that could always change. I'm like, what a weird fucking oh, thing yeah. to say as a dad. I was like, that's a awful thing to say as a dad. Oh, he ranked uh, them too. It wasn't just but, you're my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. One, it was. Yeah, he two. like full on said you're my favorite. But, you know, you guys could change this if you want. It's like, oh, my God, what an awful, <laughs> an awful dynamic. But, yeah, I think Jeremy Allen White and Zac Efron look fantastic. I love the visual look of the movie, too. I think this could be a huge, like, you know, awards contender if it looks if it's as good as it looks, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I think it, it looks really solid. But now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to jump into not one, but two movies that we got a chance to see this, these past couple of weeks that we're going to talk about. You get to decide which one you think is going to be a positive review and a negative review. And the two movies that we're going to be talking about today are The Exorcist Believer and 
the new Amazon Prime Blumhouse movie, Totally Killer. We're going to start with The Exorcist, of course. Oh, it looks like I have a motorcycle game. Great. Oh, <laughs> Look at that. that. They knew it was yeah. our 50th show. Yeah, yeah they, they knew. They knew, man. They're here for the celebration. Making their rounds. It. They're making their rounds. I get it. I love it. Yep. Um, I don't know if we're going to get any motorcycle gangs around here in Boston, so let's let's hope. <laughs> I don't know. Let's hope we can go for the hat trick here. <laughs> but, Maybe we'll uh, get like a flock of birds or something. <laughs> that would be even better. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about The Exorcist. Uh, believer and totally killer with some spoilers as per usual so if you haven't seen either of these movies you might want to turn off this episode for now and then if you want to go watch them come on back um this way you don't get spoiled that would be awesome um so let's talk about the exorcist believer let's talk about our expectations going into the movie what we thought about it generally and then we'll dive into some spoiler territory so this one start with you nancy what were you feeling going into this movie i know you were excited for this one I was. I had. I was like, please, just be. Honestly, it's it's weird because I was very excited about it. So I think that also put me in a state of, even if it's decent, I'll be happy because of what happened with Halloween. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, let's just get a decent movie. Here's for the, the bar. Bin. Yeah, the bar is low. I'm I'm setting this up for success here. Um, so, no, I actually really liked it. I think it had uh, remnants of the original. I love that they took their time with the beginning. That's one thing I had said previously. What I loved about the original is that, you know, especially movies in the 70s, they had such a slow burn. I love the slow burn of the and, original. Uh, so good. I, mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what I was looking for uh, because I feel like with a lot of the exorcism movies nowadays, it's kind of like they jump right into it and they're just going for that, like, Big Are you talking scare. about the Pope's exorcist? <laughs> oh Let my God. me exorcise this demon. <laughs> we were talking about pray for the devil. Was that was honestly one of my saying? favorite experiences with Nancy was us oh, doing yeah. a watch along of the Pope's exorcist and us just constantly saying, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that movie had such a weird tone. It didn't know what tone such it Such a had. weird tone. What was the yeah. thing he kept saying? Oh, he'd, he'd randomly go like, and then every shot of him on a vespa we couldn't stop laughing oh it was amazing uh so this was better than that which okay that's good to know (laughs) which is a good step um no i i think they took their time at the beginning i really love how they gave the background for the dad and the family and that's what i was looking for i can't sit here and say it was a great movie but i did thoroughly enjoy it um i feel like if they had gone into this pushing it and making it as a requel i think they would have done a lot better with it um taking the route that scream did and just you know i know with that it was a little bit more on the nose because they talk about being a requel in the movie but i feel like if they had leaned into that more with this i think they would have gotten better results so it's not a great movie but i did thoroughly enjoy it okay all right, Andres. I know your your expectations were pretty low going into this one, <laughs> so this yeah. is definitely a definitely a different experience. Yeah, my expectations were a little low, not because of handling the moniker of an exorcist film, but David Gordon Green's movies have just been going on a downslide. I mean, I hated Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. I thought, I here's the thing, I liked. Halloween ends for the big swigs that they took, but not all of them are hitting. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's 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 far from like a go see this right away type of movie for me. So my expectations were already low because David Gore Green is one of those directors that 
feels like he has a very meaty theme, but he just doesn't know how to follow up with them. And I feel that was very true with this movie because the first act of this movie, I was so on board for. I was like, shockingly enough, they were getting me to care about all these characters. And I was like, oh my God, this actually might turn out to be good. I might actually have to eat crow in front of Nancy and say it's good because <laughs> I know we were making fun of it. For, I was making fun of it for a little bit. And then the halfway point of the movie starts up and then the movie just loses all semblance of cohesion in terms of what the theme is and in terms of what this movie should be about. And it just felt so pandering for the nostalgia of bringing back Ellen Burstyn's character. And the problem is for me, this movie was working when it wasn't shoehorning the mythos of the exorcist. Like everything else was great. And that's what I mean is like, I feel like that's why they needed to lean more into it being like a requel. They needed mm-hmm. to u- utilize her more and actually weave her yeah, into Yeah, they the sidelined her very early. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, it, yeah. She we'll get didn't into really that. have, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah, she didn't yeah. have much to do. And I think that if they would have leaned into it being a requel, I think they would have done way better and he did david and gordon green a little too hard in this and i feel like i don't know if this is what you're getting at andres but i feel like he has these very um more like moral themes in his movies or like a like a lesson he's trying to teach to the audience but he just hammers it in there yeah it's not it subtle doesn't, it doesn't yeah he if he would just let the movie breathe then yeah. that would have shown through without him hitting it on the nose way too hard. Yeah. And and for me, there was also another element of this movie where I just felt there's a, there's an entire B story that makes me feel like this is so underdeveloped that when the finale finally comes and then the big reveal or the big um, uh, uh, turning point for the movie happens, it just doesn't mean anything because we have not gotten a chance to spend any time with these other characters whatsoever. And we're supposed to feel just the sense of loss for these other groups. And then you're like, I don't feel anything. I mean, if anything, I think this movie could have benefited from being a little longer. And I'm willing to bet that there's probably like a bunch of scenes on the cutting room floor that does develop that. But ultimately at the end of the day, I, I was not a believer in this movie. (laughs) Oh, you've been sitting on that. Oh my God. You've been sitting on that. Fuck. Ew. That was fucking gross. (laughs) Yeah. Take a drink for that piece of shit line. (laughs) Oh, there's nothing in your glass, damn it. There's yeah, what are you drinking? Drink. Air? There, there's, a, there's, a little, there's a little drop. That's all I'm yeah. drinking. Oh, Jesus. I almost feel like they should have just made this movie into like two movies instead of doing trying to do like three separate movies. Oh, I, uh, I think they just I mean, need look, to focus on one movie. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll delve into the whole trilogy aspect in a bit. But yeah. um, I like Andre's. I was really digging the first half of this movie. I was like, I don't understand the reviews. Like, this is actually really solid. I like the visual look. I like the characters. I like the story we're building up. It definitely has that kind of slow burn of the original movie. I'm like, I'm into this. And then, like, once the exorcism or the possession, rather, starts happening, I'm just like, oh, now it's just a fucking cliche exorcism movie that doesn't even hold a candle to the original. And for me, it probably didn't help that I rewatched the original movie, like, the night before. 
So, you know, you have this classic horror movie in your mind, and then you're seeing all the things that this movie is like copying, but not to, you know, so many diminishing returns kind of degrees that you're just kind of like, ugh, like it's, it just pales in comparison. When it was trying to do its own thing, I think that's when it worked best, like introducing these new characters and that story. And then I think the whole initial, you know, the the girls going missing and how the parents are handling that, I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love the performances there and I really felt for them, like especially they're two extremely different kinds of families you know one comes from loss and the other is very religious so it, it was very interesting to see that like dichotomy of like their family and the the other family but once you know, the possession starts happening and you know these two girls are getting worse and worse and worse i was like okay well now this is just a typical possession movie and it just it gets worse and worse from that point on and it's just a bummer um because i i feel like david gordon green he has an interesting horror vision when it comes to halloween and this it's just like he just takes too many big swings that don't work. And then I feel like this one, he was like a slave to the original movie where like you're bringing back Ellen Burstyn. And frankly, the fact that you're going to sideline her so early and that she has almost nothing to do in this movie is a huge crime. Um, And then the fact that you're going to take all those possession elements and kind of either a copy them or B copy them from other shitty movies. It's just like, come on, let's do better. Let's do something interesting. I was like, besides the fact that it's not just one person this time, it's two people. And like, they're somehow connected. I was like, that could have been interesting that there was a lot of potential there, but I feel like didn't really go anywhere interesting for me. And I just felt like it just kind of became very cliche and boring, frankly, I just feel like there was a better movie here that we didn't get. And I honestly don't understand how we're getting two more of these because this movie doesn't really set itself up for a sequel. There's no like tease at the end where like you see someone still kind of possessed or something or you see some evil lurking. It just kind of feels like it's a finite movie. Like it's done. Like where are we going to go with two more movies? The only thing I can think of, which I don't know how, was when he dumped the like possessed water <laughs> into oh, no. the store. That's so bad. I hope that's not it. I know. It. I know. <laughs> I, I hope feel that's like not it, it is though. With, with David Gordon Green's MO, it's probably oh, that. No. <laughs> my daughter, you know, drank from the tap. Is that why she <laughs> Yeah. The whole, oh, oh my god. But what if like the whole town becomes possessed? I'd be into that. That'd be cool. No, I don't want that. <laughs> Zom- <laughs> no. Then it's like zombie possessed. No, I don't want that. I don't want like fifty people just being like the body and the blood. The blood. <laughs> oh my god i don't if want that an exorcist don't give movie, him ideas nancy i, want that. <laughs> I feel like you, i feel like that's what, what else would it be like how else are you going to continue this movie well i mean if you if you think of the second exorcist movie you know i think i, I never saw the second exorcist movie just because i've heard awful things but I, i'm pretty sure the story is that you know reagan reveals that like she's still kind of possessed by this demon am i wrong there or no, yeah that, that, that's so a she, no, she doesn't know. So basically, she remembers absolutely nothing from when she was mm-hmm. possessed. Like uh-huh. she, she basically fell asleep and woke up and was like, "What the fuck?" Um, so they go in and try to unlock her memories, and okay. then that's when like they start. They kind of discover that she may still be a little bit possessed, but it's not like her remembering or anything like that. It's almost okay. like, "Whoops, yep. we shouldn't have gone into her brain. Our bad." It's it's like Man. it's it, everything I hear about this movie does not make me want to watch uh, it. I watched about <laughs> half of it and I stopped. I was like, this is awful. But now I feel like I have to finish it just because I'm a completionist. Yeah. <laughs> See, We're I'm, I'm the kind of person too. I, 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 I used to be a completionist, but then there comes the point where you're like, you know, my time is valuable <laughs> and mm-hmm. I shouldn't waste it on movies that I just know are going to be bad or I gave a chance and just are 
awful. It's like you need to respect your time. I want you to respect your time, Nancy. But I'm halfway through it. I need to finish it. <laughs> no. Go just, ahead. You got you to fight that. You, you got to fight it. <laughs> but I heard three is good. Yeah, I got to watch three. Three yeah. is, is one that got panned by the critics when it first came out. And but it's so beloved. It, now it's beloved. Yeah. It's it's one of those that when you have all these really bad Exorcist movies, you know, people go back and they're like, you know what? That one actually tried something different. And I don't feel this is going to be the same thing with this film at all, because even yeah. Exorcist 3, I think, has a fundamental understanding of what an Exorcist movie should be. I mean, for me, the big thing that was missing from uh, Believer was the fact that, again, in that first film, they constantly say the devil is cunning. The devil is cunning. He's going to trick you. He Don't listen to him and all that other stuff. And then there's a really great moment in the original film where the father, the the Max von Sydow, and I forget what the other character's name is. I forget. Father um, Marin and Father. Fa- father Marin's the main one. I can't remember what the other guy yeah. is. My, Mac, that's Max von Sydow, but but you but you know what I'm talking about. But they have this scene where they are literally sitting down and they are just having this philosophical talk about why Reagan, why why did it pick Reagan? And then Max von Sydow goes, "It's not picking Reagan. Reagan's not the target. We are." And then that's that's like a scary concept that this thing is only picking Reagan because it wants to come out and it wants to prey on the fears. And it knows that, that Max von Sydow is drawn to this. And then the whole aspect of, of, you know, just also even the moral implication of, of the, of the movie where it's just like, you know, these two are high, big believers in God and in the power of God. And then there's this, there's this demon Pazuzu that's literally going, you know what? You guys, you guys keep praising God all that often, and he never shows up. But you know what? I'm here, and the big guy downstairs is here, and we give you clues that we're here every day, but you choose to ignore it. And just the, just that small little implication just makes that movie so freaking terrifying. And this movie doesn't have that at all. No. Like even like even with the start of having the movie start off with with the main character with Victor being a guy who has lost his faith entirely, that's that's one thing where I'm like, th- there's no growth for this character, or there's no way to necessarily build on those themes that an Exorcist movie really not not that it should have, but it really flourishes with, and. I don't know. And, and I just kind of feel like it was a waste of opportunity. And then the thing is, we don't get to spend any time with the other family, with the religious family, which yeah. I would have loved to have seen that story. Like, yeah, you we know, just kind of like showed up at their house and saw the aftermath. We never saw like what happened. I feel like that yeah. stuff must Wanted have been on the cutting that. room floor. I, yeah. I would love to have seen that because yeah. we see the other family's experience. How come we don't get this family's experience? Yeah, exactly. And that's one of those things that when you get to the finale and then there's that moment where it was like, pick one or I take both. And then no, but when- see, that was the thing I actually liked in the finale. That was the yeah. one thing no, no, I liked. No, no, no. That was no, the no, one no. thing I liked. Like, like that was a solid choice. But the yeah. problem is because of the fact that they that um that the, the religious family goes, we pick our daughter and all this other stuff. The moment that that the moment that the devil just goes, ha, you guys picked. All right, I'm gonna go for the other person type of thing. That that was the moment where I kind of went, man, I I really don't care a lot about that other character. Oh, to the point I where like I'm like, that, 
I, yeah. I get what you're saying though. It's like, I like what they went with it, but it's hard to like, it's hard to feel for that moment. Like, I right. feel like that moment when like you get that like visual of a kind of like the demon taking, you know, the oh. religious family's girl, like great yeah. visual, but yeah. I feel like that would have had such a more visceral impact if we actually like spent time with that family where it would have been a better impact. But I still mm-hmm. think it like it worked for me. I was cause it's like, okay, well this demon or this entity trick them and i think that was yeah. very compelling to me where you know Friction. that one father you know leslie odom jr's character he refuses to choose and then the father of the religious family is like i choose you and thinks that like okay he won when he didn't and i thought okay that's a great choice and i think yeah. that's really powerful okay mm. i'm glad you corrected that because i was like Mm-mm, don't put that on that wife because i love no, that no, it was the dad. It was the dad. yeah, yeah. i like no. Because you guys said both the religious family. I was like, no, it was the dad. Because I do love yeah. that moment where they're like, choose one or yeah. they're both going to die. And the yeah, dad I thought that and was the good. mom look at each other and they say like, we're, we're not going to choose. And it's almost like this agreement and bomb they both have of like, no matter what, we're not going to choose. And then the dad done fucked it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Idiot. <laughs> now, I will say the one moment, though, where I was like, okay, this is a cool exorcism movie moment was when the priest finally decides, I'm going to come into the house. I'm going to help these people. <laughs> and then he gets fucking destroyed. And I, I was like, okay, that's a cool moment. That's fun. But, that's, right. but, but, but that, but that's the entire thing of, that's the entire thing about the belief of these characters is that he just kind of walked in, not necessarily believing that he could do anything because if he truly believed he would have been there right from the start, just like Max von Sydow's character was like, listen, we're not sh- sanctioned by the church in this moment right now. We're on this on our own. All right. Like, that like t- to me to me that that sort of just spells out the innate belief of the characters and then for him to sort of be like i can't do it i can't do it i'm not gonna do it and then the moment that victor keeps coming in and he's like praying in the car and he's like hey the fight's in there what do you like 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 if you truly want to do something you go in there and i'm like yeah fuck yeah victor like this guy has no faith whatsoever but even the guy with no faith has more belief that this will work more in the guy that's in the car more than the guy who's qualified to do this if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah and honestly i feel like we haven't even talked about it but i think leslie odom jr crushes in this movie i think he's fantastic oh oh like, you're by far in a way the most compelling part of the movie uh, are, which character are you talking about? But he plays the dad of the the girl. I don't want to say it. <laughs> oh, is it, oh, is it Victor? <laughs> yeah, Victor. Victor. The one oh, okay. Victor. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely was great. And which is funny because when in the beginning I was like, why wouldn't you just pick your wife? You could always have like another baby. That doesn't. Yep, and then he re- re- like, it's revealed um, he does. See, yeah. And I like that too. I like how she was like, "Oh yeah, remember you didn't pick me. You wanted me to die. Don't forget about that." And then, like, you could tell on his face, he's like, "Oh shit." I think that is a. Even though he obviously believed, I think that was a moment it actually really hit him of what was going on, and you could see it all yeah. over his face. And he's fantastic in this movie. His acting is great. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, I, I've really been loving seeing him pop up in more and more movies. I think he's really showing a nice versatility and i feel like he's just like every movie he's in i always see him as a highlight oh yeah absolutely like his moment at the very end when when the shit is hitting the fan and then you know it's it's one of those things with the rules where it's like don't touch don't don't touch him don't touch him at all and then the moment the moment that he goes back and gets the scarf you're like no don't touch him he's like he drapes it around he's like listen i'm sorry i took this away from you but please come back and i'm like oh that's 
that's a really interesting thing to do. All right, all right, all right. And he's still not he's still not breaking the rules. And then all of a sudden, you know, fuckhead over on the other side goes, ah, pick my daughter. <laughs> like it's 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 a great dichotomy between the two. And I think he he truly was him and the daughter were the standouts of this movie, I yeah. think. Like yeah. sadly enough, I think they had such a strong foundation on that other end that I don't think with the with the other family with the with the religious family that they even even came close to that level of, of I mean because we just didn't spend any time with them it's not even yeah. like there wasn't potential there there absolutely was like absolutely. I, especially when you see that like aftermath in their house when Ellen Burstyn and uh, Victor walk in there and like everyone's all shook up and shaking and kind of just completely out of it like in my mind I was like why the fuck didn't we see what led to this like that would yeah. have been really yeah. interesting like I mean I get what he was trying to go for where like you're just coming into this and you're completely you know out of sorts like they are but like the fact that we spend way more time with the other family I feel like it's not as compelling as if we went into that finale knowing both stories because then yeah. we're emotionally invested in both of them so that when we get that you know you know I choose you moment we're like heartbroken because we're like oh no you know but like in that moment I was like well we didn't really spend any time with them so I don't really care about yeah. their family David and, Gordon Green chose one main character and he should have chosen yeah two. Exactly. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing is that some movies like like the hard fast rule in film school is that you have to pick a protagonist right from the very start, and I think a truly good movie knows how to subvert those rules and how to subvert something to make it truly truly something memorable, and that's why I think Warrior did really well. I mean, we keep, we keep bringing up yeah. Warrior in well, this no, podcast. Warrior rocks, but no, yeah, no, but, I don't know exactly what you mean. Where like because it fleshes out both. Where like yeah, you're, it, or you're deeply rooted in that relationship, and you don't really want one over the other to win. Like you kind of just want them both to make up and be brothers again. Like that's why that movie yeah. works so freaking well in the finale. Yeah, yeah and, and and the thing is, when you when you bring up the two characters and when you build them up equally, you come to a point in the third act where you're like, man, like honestly, but my chips are on both of them right now, and I really don't want one one to one to conquer over the other. That when the finale happens when one of them ultimately wins against the other one. It's, 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 it's tear jerking. It's one of those things where you're like, Oh my God, you feel the sense of loss for both of those characters. Whereas you could have done the same thing for this. I say, get rid of all the Ellen Burstyn stuff. Like, honestly, that's 20 minutes of the movie that we don't need. If yeah. Ellen Burstyn never or, showed up in this movie, I, do, I don't think I don't think it really would have affected anything whatsoever. Get rid of all the Reagan stuff. Get rid of all the Ellen Burstyn stuff. Get Like, when I say get rid of all the Reagan stuff, I also mean get rid of, like, all the bullshit where they walk into the to the hospital and, you know, one of the girls has written well, Reagan But that's what wall. I meant. It's like, I feel like they should I, – I feel the opposite. I feel like they should have gone – more with that stuff because in the first one the whole reason father Marin shows up is because the demon asked for him he says like bring me Marin," and it's because Marin did an exorcist with that same demon like years before and so that's where mm -hmm. i thought they were going with it is like the it would would have been the same demon or something that was in them and so that's what's pulling her back and like leaning into that more instead of just like Oh, she kind of knows about 
exorcisms and then she, she gets her eyeballs jammed out and now she's done. It's like, why would she? No, but see, what, like, I th- what were uh, we expecting where in the very beginning she goes, well, I wasn't in the room during the exorcism. Like, I know. The, what, the, I was the, like, what? what are you doing? What are you no, trying but to see, do here? What, what I think they should have done with the Ellen Burstyn character is that you tease her in this movie, especially if you're going to make three fucking movies where the end it's revealed that like, you know, that the daughter still has this entity inside her and like the the father picks up on it and doesn't know what to do. And then, you know, he's got like that book where it's like, you know, her as the author teases her in the, at the end of the first movie, this way in the second movie, you can actually flesh her story out and Reagan's story out and actually give it the time it deserves and focus on everything else in this movie. Like we could have taken the runtime that we, spent with her in this movie and spent it on the other family making this an effective starting film and then the second movie then you do your fan service but in a good way that's what i think they should have done yeah Mm. and you have the at the end the demon like says her name and shit love it yeah Yeah, exactly that would have been great that would have been a great way to because literally you watch this movie and you're like there's gonna be two more of these really okay all right like there's no indication that there's more they need to hire us (laughs) yeah Clearly, clearly. <laughs> yeah, but, but but also at the same time, can we also just talk about the fact that Universal spent four hundred million dollars, and this movie didn't even do that years. well. <laughs> no, and 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 even to the point now where I think they're going to rush this out to home video before Halloween's up, so that they can at least recoup some of that. Yep, but, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's I I I don't know what they're going to do, and also this is this. The studio spending that much on the rights for this movie, it, it clearly shows exactly why the strike is going on right now. And the set in the sense that they go, We don't have the money to pay the writers. Like, yeah, you you have the money to pay four hundred million for a stu- for for these freaking rights to a movie that didn't even work in the end. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um they probably just saw what a success the Halloween trilogy was and they're like, Let's do this well with the exorcist. It's worth it. It'll be a good investment. So Yeah, not, it, it, it really was taking that same formula, but honestly, yeah. that same formula will not work on this and no. I have no clue if David Garner Green is still gonna be even on the I think I heard, I saw some story, I don't know if it's like confirmed or anything, where he's not gonna return for the next two movies. You know what? Good. What was the G- point? Get someone else. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, I'd be happy to get like a fresh take. Just a fresh vision, just something if, make the other two movies a little bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would pick a up and coming director as well too. But if you could pick any director to direct the sequel, who would you pick? The director mm. of Barbarian. <laughs> oh, I'm, I that am down good. with that. I'm totally down. I, with that. I also think the directors of Talk to Me would be fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, they would because their whole movie is basically about possession. They crushed it. I was like, I think they could do something interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I have two picks. If you're if you're literally going for the more horror movie aspect of the Exorcist movies, I mean, I think James Wan. Well, would be I mean, yeah, but he very, just he, but, he refuses to go back to the horror genre. It feels like, <laughs> which is really yeah. annoying. Yeah, he's but, so but, good. But but also but also the other the other director that I think could really benefit from this as well too. I mean, apart from the ones that you just mentioned, I just watched Nope again and I'm like, man, that movie, the the tone is on point with that movie. And I think Jordan Peele, if if he had because again, we're following these two characters that are coming from this Creole aspect, I think that would be very interesting for for Jordan to sort of, you know, take a look at and sort of just maybe maybe give his stamp on that. Could be interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Again, again, I think all these directors are better than David Goyer Green directing a second movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, if you guys were to give it out of five um, pints, what would you give this one? I'm curious. Mm, I'll go three and a half. I enjoyed okay. it. All right. Andres? Two. I don't remember if I gave this two or two and a half. I feel like... It was like a two and a half. So I guess I'll stick with the two and a half. I, I don't remember. <laughs> Somewhere it's, around there. It's it's not the worst thing I've yeah. seen all year, but it's certainly one of the most disappointing because, again, um, it's it's more disappointing for me because they got me to care about the characters that I, that I was going in blind with. And to see that story just sort of just get thrown out and then just be like, Oh, we're bringing back Ellen Burstyn because you know, uh, legacy movies. And I'm like, Oh goodness. It, it, it's the, the, the disappointment f- comes in more from the fact that there was a great movie here and it just got sidelined. Yeah. But now we are going to segue to a far different film, a film that was just released on Amazon prime, a new Blumhouse movie, another Blumhouse movie. And that is totally killer, which is essentially back to the future meets scream. This was put on uh, Amazon prime this, I think this past weekend. Um, and frankly, if I had to choose between putting one of these movies between this one and the exorcist believer in theaters, I would have put totally killer in theaters. I think yeah. it would have been way more of a hit. I think this makes a great, like, triple feature with freaky and happy death day. Um, and I surprisingly <laughs> loved this movie. I thought it was so much fun. Uh, and it's a bummer that it just hit streaming and not in theaters. I think it could have done great business there. Um, but essentially it tells the story of this young girl whose mom was involved in this like series of murders from this serial killer called the sweet 16 killer who stabbed all of his victims 16 times. She lost multiple, multiple of her friends and she was like the one survivor. Um, and then her mom gets murdered by the same killer. And then her daughter somehow manages to find a way to go back in time to the night when all of these murders started. So she decides she wants to try to prevent these murders from ever happening. So like I said, back to the future meets scream. Let's talk about this one. I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, I've kind of revealed that I really enjoyed it, um, you know, before going into spoilers. But what did you guys think? We'll start with Andres this time. Yeah, I had no expectations for this movie going in. I just heard it was good. I didn't even know it existed until until people started talking about it, which that to me just kind of shows a little bit of the flaw in terms of this whole Netflix, um, Amazon Prime, just drop it and people will come out and see it. I mean, uh, like there's almost no promotion for it. It was just word of mouth. So that already should tell you exactly to the quality of the movie. If people are talking about it, that's a good sign. So saw this and God, I, I enjoyed it so much. There were so many really clever moments in the script and so many really clever moments in everybody's portrayal. I think the, the lead is, is a star in the making as well, too. Um. Yeah. Without Isn't she going kind to- of a star already. I know. Well, well, I think four that- seasons of Sabrina. Yeah, Sabrina, like Madman. Like oh very- yeah, there you go. But but this is like the first. Thing, <laughs> this is like really one of the first things where it's like, oh, she can actually lead a movie. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's just probably one of those things of like Sabrina, the final season came out during the pandemic, and she kind of lost steam with her yeah. career. I think she probably would have had a lot more going on had the pandemic not hit. I think it's just her kind of returning and getting back into the flow of things. But I do think she's like, I think she had her moment and just got fucked up by pandemic and now she's 
get it back to the group. No, I thought she was phenomenal in this movie. Yeah. And I, I wasn't like the mm-hmm. biggest fan of her. And so that I was going in a little bit cautious just because I was like, can she carry a movie like this? Like a fun, like 80s style slasher movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was fantastic. Not only is she like super fun and charming, but like I think she really nails the emotional beats of the story having to do with her mom too, which I really loved. That was a nice like beating heart of the movie kind of element to it. Um I thought she was fantastic. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, it just shot, it, again, this is a huge surprise for me. Another big surprise in 2023. Thought it was going to be very okay, especially since it was being dropped on streaming. But I couldn't believe how fun this movie was and how it really playfully plays with the whole time travel aspect um, and how it handles the characters and kind of how it presents like a present day perspective in the past to show how problematic people and things were in that time period, (laughs) which I thought thankfully wasn't like too heavy handed, but like it was just like funny enough where I was like, okay, it works surprisingly, (laughs) which it needed a delicate hand and thankfully it did. And I, I, I think Blumhouse just has a knack for creating serial killers with really stupid masks that makes it work somehow because this is another one where like you look at this mask and you're like what the fuck is this and it it still works perry that's what i was thinking yeah (laughs) it's a very luke perry-esque mask very 80s ish um but no this movie is i had no idea about this movie until tom you're like want to do totally killers for the yeah i really only brought it up just because i enjoyed it so much and i was like i feel like they would really like it I was like, I've I've yeah. never heard of it, and uh, I think the best thing was going into it. I had absolutely no idea what the plot was, oh, that's um, cool. and Craig almost gave it away because I was like, "Why is she still of course that jacket?" <laughs> and he said something about her shirt, like, "Oh, it's her, like back, like an older shirt." And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then he's like, "Do you know what this movie is about?" I was like, "No," just I was like, "I don't, I don't want to know. Just don't tell me." So I thought it was great when I was like, what the fuck? She goes back in time. Did not see that coming. Uh, so it was, a lo- it was a lot of fun. And yeah. it was very funny, too, which I love. I love a good horror movie with some humor in it. I think one of my favorite lines I was, like, dying over when she accidentally called her mom. And she was like, mom. Hey, mama, see that. See that. I was dying laughing. So, yeah, this was definitely a pleasant surprise. So I'm glad you told us about this well there you go i can be useful yeah. sometimes yeah and sum up i actually did enjoy the movie a lot as well too so there well, you yeah, go I feel like you got that impression um yeah. But, but yeah i felt like it did a good job of like being playful not too you know self-serious where like it has a good sense of humor about itself and like i said i really liked how it played with the whole time travel thing where like you think she knows the order in which people are going to die but but because of her presence like she changes the order of the people who are being murdered i was like oh that's cool that's unique and that they and, play it off as the Mandela effect. Yeah, I <laughs> like, love it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love, I love how the, like her presence in the past like affects people's memories in the present. I was like, that's cool. I really like that. Yeah, that, that was a really great, interesting little little thing. And then the one thing I appreciated about the comedy element in this movie is that th- there's humor, but there's not gags, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like the humor is coming from the fact that – you know, the time continuum is being screwed up. And then, you know, she does everything of what we would do in that situation where it's like, oh my God, you, like this person's about to get murdered in a cabin. You know what? Let's go to the city. Let's go to a condo. And then they arrive over at the cabin. It's like, oh, this is not a condo. Oh, uh. <laughs> or, just, yeah. or just like, even just like, just like the small little stuff where, oh my God, that asshole that kept like, 
like 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 locking her away and doing like oh, these nuts. I'm like, oh my god, we we all knew people who were like that way back when the day when we were younger. But we were oh younger, my like god, the 80s, yeah, yeah, and very, very problematic stuff <laughs> in the 80s. But oh yeah, but that was the other thing too that I really loved is this the 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 whole the whole aspect of when she comes back through time, she goes to the guidance counselor and then literally is like. Oh, could I get a schedule? Um, I'm an exchange student. Here is your schedule. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. wait, what? You're not going to check anything? <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a lot of moments. Of, I think you know, Tom touched upon that. There's a lot of moments of how problematic stuff was, and uh, even the beginning when she's like, "I'm not going to get in your car. You're a total stranger." I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there was only maybe like one or two times it was a little much for me, but overall, I think it was very funny to have that aspect of the film. Yeah. Um. And I really like, and even though I was able to like predict who the um, killers were just because of like little hints in the plot or whatever, I really liked the way they handled the reveals of like both of the killers, you know, the one in the past yeah. and the one in the present because yeah. A, it made sense, but B, see... the way they handled it was great, I thought. Yeah. I didn't see it coming that there were two separate killers. I really thought it was going to be like the same one throughout. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I was thinking it could be, but then I was like, well, if we're in the past, there's no way that it could be like the same person both times. I was like, and then like that, the podcaster dude was like reeking of like creepiness. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I was on board with that. I, I, I remember calling that out and uh, like about like maybe two thirds of the way through. I'm like, it's the podcast guy. And then Jen's like, how could it be the podcast guy? He's, he's in the past too. And he just saw that dude. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. We're spending a lot of time with him. And I kind yeah. of feel like it might be him going through time at some point. But, but, but with that aspect as well too, when they revealed who the killer was in the past, it wasn't like this giant reveal thing or something like that but even still i still felt like we got a lot of time with that or we got a lot of breadcrumbs to follow with that to where we would understand why this guy was going around killing people and 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 the the whole aspect of why he was targeting certain people where it was like it was because they were friends with his with his girlfriend at the time, and that and that it was because of them she got into a car, drove drunk, and got into a car accident. And I'm like, that makes entirely a lot of sense. And we got a little bit of time with each of the characters. That you know, it, it, some some people could probably say that it was a little anticlimactic, but I think the emotional core of what all those characters all felt at that moment in time when they realized. This is the guy who's been chasing us. Why has he been chasing us? Oh, because we did this. I thought that was really well paid off, and I thought that was actually really clever of them as well. I would say just the reveal of the guy from from the future going going back and killing people again. I was like, all right, that might have that that might have been a little wonky for me more than anything else. I would say, but mm-hmm. everything about it worked though. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree. Now, would you guys want to see a sequel to this? Because you no. know Blumhouse, they love making sequels. I know. No, I I think I'm good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, good. Know, you know, you know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they if they were to do a sequel on this, I would want them to go full on Back to the Future Part Two, where they have to make sure that the character is doing like. So, yeah, sort of, sort of like making sure, making sure that you don't cross paths with an. Well, with, they kind of did that in Happy Death Day to you, didn't they? 
I haven't seen yeah. it yet. <laughs> Don't tell me anything. Wait, I've been wait, trying oh, to, wait, you've never seen that movie? I haven't seen Happy Death Day or the second one. I've been trying to ah, like, find cool. it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to pay like 30 bucks for it. But I will, uh, yes, I, it's on my list of horror movies to watch. Well, yeah, if you uh, like this movie, you'll definitely love those movies. Okay. I just feel like, I don't know. I I just feel like that's going to be too much for a sequel. We're, oh, yeah. I would like, oh, but I would like, if they did something similar with the same characters, almost like a American Horror Story-esque of like, let's do something similar with the same people, then I would be, I think I'd be down for that. I just don't want like the same killer and I don't know. I'm good with, I'm good. Yeah, no, I, I get you on that entirely. But I mean, it's one of those things where Blumhouse, they, they will, they will. They will milk a well for all it's worth at the end of the day. And how if we're going to get a sequel, what? Is I was trying to say milk a teat, whatever. I'm trying to be PG <laughs> right <laughs> now. Also, like, honestly, my, 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 I was just, I was just kind of I was just rolling with it. Honestly, not the same either. Yeah, drain a well, whatever you want, whatever your euphemism. They will, they will. I feel run like you were going for milk that cow. <laughs> yes, milk the cow. Yeah. I'm I'm also I'm also hearing a whole bunch of dogs bark outside right now. And Don't I'm like, give what us the excuses. Fuck is going on? <laughs> Anyways, um, so so essentially, what I kind of feel that they're going to do, no matter what, is make a sequel because Blumhouse is one of those studios that when something works, they're going to try to keep making it work until it's not making money for them anymore, even more so than any other studio. But also just trying to get another sequel out as fast as they possibly could, but. I don't want to see a sequel, but if we got a sequel, it'd be fun to see some of these characters again. But uh, I don't know. My, my expectations would be so low if we got a sequel. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with it. I feel like you, this is a movie you definitely don't need a sequel for. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I just I don't really want one. I just know Blumhouse always has that tendency that we're like, oh, this movie was successful. Got good word of mouth. Did good streaming numbers. What's Let's make a sequel. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's like it's Barbarian. Not. As much as I love that movie, it was so unique and so good. I like, hope they never I make a sequel to that. Never, ever yeah. would want a sequel to that or a prequel or anything. Just mm-hmm. let's move on. Yeah, I would. I would say, if anything, if the only time I would welcome a sequel is if the director and the writer himself actually went, Oh, you know what? I had an idea for a sequel that I think would be a really fun direction to go in. If, if there is, if there is a true want from the writer and director to make a sequel without the studio, even coming in and being like, we want a sequel. I think we could, I think we could get something truly good. Whereas like, again, happy death day was great as a one and done. And then you're like, how can the sequel come out of that? And then I think they really found a way to make a sequel work in that context. And personally, for me, I like two better than one, actually. On I like fun. both of them. I don't know if I prefer one to the other, but they're both really fun. Yeah, they're both a lot of fun. And oh, my God. And honestly, just the idea that that director is going to be directing Scream 7. I think, I think it's going to be fun. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And the fact that it's, it's going to be a, a Christmas uh, Scream movie is just making me so happy right now. <laughs> didn't uh, Christopher Landon, who did Happy Death Day, didn't he do Freaky too? Yeah, he did Freaky as well. Yeah, Freaky was fun. That's a really good movie. Yeah. <laughs> but out of Five Pints, guys, what are, what are we given Totally Killer? Give it a four. Four out of five pints. Nice clean four. How about you, Andres? Four. 
it is a really fun movie, but I don't think it's perfect. And I think there are certain stumbles in the third act um, in terms of some of the reveals that kind of that kind of kind of could have been a little better. And I think it, 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 for for a movie that was so trying to be so unconventional in terms of just the whole murder mystery aspect, but using time travel, I thought it was really, really well done. And then they kind of let that go in, in the third act, but it still wasn't bad. I was still enjoying the hell out of this movie. So great, great, great first two acts. I would say shaky third act, still fantastic movie all the way through. Yeah. I would also give it a four. We got a round of fours here, people. Um, Yeah. I don't think it's perfect. I think it could have been a little bit scarier, frankly. I just hate when horror movies, they try to do, jump scares that are not jump scares where it's just like it's not scary at all and you just put us in a sound effect to make us think it was scary don't really love that um but i still really enjoyed myself i thought it was so much fun i thought it really wore its influences on its sleeve i mean it even references scream and back to the future (laughs) so like i was like okay so you know what you are and i love that um and i just had an absolute blast with it and i think it's another winner for blumhouse and it's just a shame it never hit theaters because I think it actually would have done really well, especially this time of year. Yeah, I, I would I would say probably my one knock against the movie in terms of just um, in terms of just this playability, I think the movie was firing on all cylinder on all cylinders on so many aspects. The one thing that would kind of make me go, yeah, you know, I I kind of see this was kind of made to be direct to streaming. It looked like a Netflix original. Like it looked That's like it, it looked cheap. Feels like a streaming movie. It uh, definitely yeah. fuck you guys. I'm trying to be a proponent yeah. for a movie, you so, know, being in theaters, and you guys are like, nah, streaming. Well, this is what's <laughs> funny is I feel like if I had seen it in theaters, I may not have liked it as much. I feel like really, I, yeah, wow. I feel interesting because like, I watched it. And by the way, a selling point when you offered this movie i was like oh streaming i can sit at home well yeah i knew you'd love the fact you could just watch it at home yeah i knew that (laughs) oh wait you mean i could just be on my couch fucking watching this thing okay (laughs) no but i i would have loved to have seen it with a crowd i think that's the main point i'm trying to say i feel like it would have been a really fun movie to watch with like a crowd Mm -hmm. oh yeah no absolutely i mean it would have been fun to watch it with a crowd i think i think this movie i think they like like so many other streaming movies that we've seen in the past like year and a half, like had the, had the studio had been a little more willing to take the risk with something like this or pray or Hellraiser, I think we would have seen just, just, just a multitude of movies that basically brought people to come back from the theaters. I mean, like hell pray was one of those movies that was just released to streaming and had such a big outcry for a physical media release that it got one. I mean, mm-hmm. when does that really happen? And I don't, I don't think the audience is as strong for this one, be, because again, Prey was a completely different thing entirely, where everyone loved that movie, and this one, I kind of feel like people certainly do really love this movie, but I, I, I don't feel the word of mouth is as strong on it as, as something like that was. So. Uh, so my, my whole point is this would have been great to have seen an audience react to some of the um, some of the twists and see the audience react to some of the 80s-isms and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I fully agree with you that despite the look of the movie, it certainly deserved to be in theaters. Okay. 
that's all I needed. <laughs> that's all I needed. But thank you guys for tuning into yet another episode of the show. Let us know in the comments what you think of Totally Killer and The Exorcist if you've seen them. And let us know what you think of the trailers for The Iron Claw and Wonka. We always want to know your thoughts, so let them be known in the comment section below. But more importantly, thank you for tuning into 50 episodes of the show if you have been one of those loyal followers it's been an amazing ride so far we're looking forward to doing more but thank you for watching or listening to our show it means the world to us and before we head on out where can we find you guys on the interwebs we'll start with nancy at pl underscore band-aid on twitter and instagram also i'm not realizing i think my instagram is set to like private so send me a message if you're a fan of the show we'll definitely follow you my bad for work purposes. <laughs> wow. It took you 50 episodes to realize. <laughs> it's for work purposes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yes, leave comments. And I think what I'll do uh, for our 50th episode is when I retweet this out, I will put in uh, some words. So if you're drinking along with us, every time we say a phrase or a word in the show, take a drink, make it fun. Yeah. I mean, if you guys want to play a fun drinking game, watch like maybe five minutes of each episode and take a shot every time I change my microphone. You'll be drunk yeah. in about, <laughs> you'll be That's drunk in about like 15 minutes. <laughs> take, take a drink. How many times I get interrupted? There you go. Yeah. I mean, there's get so many, break. or how many times you guys like try to like be too cordial with each other. <laughs> I'm like, no, you go first. No, you go first. I'm telling you, you guys yeah, will you get smashed. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. But how about Andres? Where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Galagos. You can also find me on Facebook. You can also find me on Letterboxd, which I am currently coming back to right now. Uh, you can find me on that as Galagos. And then you can also find me on High Voltage Media's YouTube channel, where we have just highlighted our Friday the 13th remake, um, the, the Friday the 13th remake review and retrospective. And we just had Friday the 13th right now. So that's a pretty good one if you guys want to check out and see why that remake deserves a little more of your time. And you can also find me here. Boom. There you go. Uh, and you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Chattelbash. You can also find me on Letterboxd also at Tom Chattelbash. And you can find me on Facebook and YouTube at Chattelbash Reviews. And just thank you guys for tuning into another brand new episode of the show. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And we'll, we will see you on the next new episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. Take care, guys. Peace. Bye.